How's it going? Uh, and Brent. Hello. Wait, yeah. there's someone here. Yeah. I am the third. Are you acting because you watched the Grammys last night? Is that what the acting is coming from? My acting. <laughs> yeah. Also, not the Grammys, the Oscars. Oh, whatever. <laughs> No, can I didn't can, watch the Oscars, so... <laughs> can we complain about the Oscars real quick? Because I didn't watch the Oscars either. Did you watch the Oscars, Brent? I did not. I do have feelings about them, though. <laughs> okay, I, we should discuss I, that. The only thing I was going to say, but I'm interested to hear what your feelings are, yeah. is that I have never heard of The Green Book or what? The Favorite. I have never what? heard of either of these movies, ever. I have. They have never crossed my path, and they won two of the biggest awards of the night. And if you're wondering why, if you're asking me why I don't watch the Oscars, it's because I am so out of touch with it that I could... Yeah, I think you've delved so far down the only entertainment you consume is nerdy podcasts and YouTube. You are now in a realm of the uh, zeitgeist that is not in the same realm as the rest of humanity. But let me, let me separate myself even further. <laughs> because YouTube has a yearly award mm-hmm. called oh, the Streamies. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And most of the people that win shit on that, I've also never heard of. Oh, wow. Well, I'm sure I've never heard of them. I have heard of both the Green Book and the Favorite, and I had seen at least a few ads for each. I, so, I, Brett, you mentioned you had thoughts on the Oscars. <laughs> I'm interested about your thoughts. I want to hear Same. about your thoughts. My thoughts, Brent's thoughts? Minor. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. First, who is Brent? Oh, right. Introductions and all that shit. Uh, hey, everyone. We have a guest on this week's podcast, <laughs> and it's not to review a book. Hello. It's just for shits and giggles. Yeah. Lots of giggles. <laughs> uh, so, Brent, uh, if if you were to write a the one line like back of the book introduction about your autobiography what do you think it would say uh i was found uh in the midst of the icelandic hillsides uh abandoned uh <laughs> raised by lo- were you raised by local icelandic fishermen mammals that i don't actually know stream fishers out journey oh. for their daily uh Found surrounded uh, by flowing lava. Uh, wow. Yeah. Giggling. Is that why your hair gets its color? And uh, speaking uh, the ancient Norse tongue. I was going to say, also holding Mjolnir, the <laughs> hammer of Thor. <laughs> no, don't I wish. Um, no, seeds of truth in that, though, being um, I was born in Keflavik, Iceland. It's... In fact, I'm immensely yeah. proud of uh, <laughs> father being uh, Air Force uh, F-15 pilot. So I was born on base, uh, and that does my closest ties to Iceland. I think I spent three months there as a baby, and once <laughs> I... once through a bitch fit when I was ten years old because we found the uh, the stock of all my family um, slides, like not even uh-huh. Polaroids, like old school like slides, yeah, like projector the... slides of Iceland in the attic and we found them. We pulled them out and it was my brother and I were like digging through them first instantly caused a fisticuffs scruffle with my brother uh, because Uh 
he was looking through them and wouldn't let me look through them until he looked at them first. And uh, I ran <laughs> screaming to my mother that he was usurping my birthright. So... <laughs> And how old how old was was the usurped at this time? Uh, ten might be stretching it. I think I was probably somewhere between <laughs> seven like, and ten. That's the level of vocabulary that a ten or eleven year old me did not have. I do remember saying it's my birthright. Yeah, and it, it, what, maybe maybe not usurped, but birthright was thrown around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah your brother wasn't probably born in Iceland, otherwise, right? Yeah. No, no. Both you and my sister were born in Newport News, Virginia. Also. Lame Americans. I don't know. That's Icelandic <laughs> blood, huh? Yeah. It's like the energies of the uh, the land seeped into you, and you alone, Brent. That's that's what I like to claim every time it's twenty degrees outside and I'm not wearing a shirt. Yeah, that which is it happens often. I can attest to this. Oui. I distinctly re- like one of the most vivid memories in my mind is walking through a snow-covered Colleyville with fucking Brent wearing no goddamn shirt. <laughs> and we're fucking walking to CVS to go get candy or some shit. And Brent's like, I don't need a shirt. Fuck this. I got this. Yeah, kids are dumb. <laughs> did you Did you we got are, that? We are, aren't we? What'd you say? Did he got that? Did who got that? Did oh, he, he, he got, got that. This. He didn't oh, he die. He, did, he got that. I didn't got that. I was wearing my fucking coat. I, I remember the funny part of that story being, too, that, like, some dude was driving by in, like, a Jeep or something, and he, like, uh-huh. stopped, flicked us off, and then kept driving. <laughs> I also remember, like, sliding action movie style into a river or into a stream, and we were, like, being overly dramatic about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, down in, uh, I don't know, like Bear Creek or something. Yeah, like Bear Creek area, yeah. yeah. Anyway, oh, man, God I bet every town has a creek called Bear Creek. Pro- probably. <laughs> we, we fortunately so, avoided the ferocious bears of Grapevine, Texas. Yeah. Uh, There's a joke in there about burly gay men, but I don't know what it is. Sure. Um, okay, so back to the, the important... Uh, uh, let me introduce this. Okay, you got this. The Oscars being an American movie awards, I am curious about what the Icelandic view on the Oscars is. <laughs> this is his official Icelandic view. Uh, the, uh, the Icelandic people, being the most literate people in the world, um, I think are probably... Is that actually true? I, I believe that's I true. So. I think they are the what? most well-read, literate people. Uh, it's it's very awesome. much a deep I believe it. Sure. I even I tried I to dig into too. their epic sagas once, and um, man, they'll read anything. That that's so try. Um, but that's only because I got like five pages in and then got distracted. But yeah, what happens? Yeah. No, they're super super literate people. Um, very intellectual. Uh, banking industry or banking was kind of the crux of their. Uh, economy up until the 2008 financial crisis when shit hit the fan and that's why tourism is so big right now absolutely beautiful country uh go if and when you can and now is a really good time just it's so cheap um you know eco tour be low impact but it's it's just stunning it's a whole nother planet i like iceland air does deals a lot yeah and they do some pretty good deals 
Do you know why I know how to pronounce the capital of Iceland? Reykjavik. Ooh, that was pretty good. I was going to say Reykjavik, which I knew was like close, but not wrong. Not as bad as my pronunciation of Sorsha Ronan, (laughs) Um, but but not correct either. But do you know why Why, I know how to pronounce that? Do you know why? Like legitimately, do you know why? I know why. I do not. Why? Uh, Because you flew through it. To get to no. Europe. Eat that is not dirt. it. <laughs> okay, sorry. Because Craig Ferguson said it on every episode of his show. Oh, did he? Yeah. Why? Uh, he would always ask his guests, like, like as the first question, he'd always ask him, what do you think of Reykjavik? Or <laughs> really? have you ever been to Reykjavik? Like, he would always ask him, always, like, every guest that come out, he would always ask him something about it. Interesting. I don't know why he did that. I mean, that was part of the reason why I liked his show, is because it made no sense. I mean, uh, I feel like its claim to fame for me is the fact that during a lot of Bobby Fischer's high-profile chess games, the world tournaments were held there. Neutral territory. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have now gone about yeah. 10 minutes trying to get Brent's right. thoughts on the Oscars, go. and we have, haven't gotten them yet. Oh. Okay, go. My my thoughts on the Oscars are, are fairly climber centric um, and I, I don't know half baked. Um, the movie Free Solo won Best Documentary, um, uh-huh. which did you guys catch any of that? Are you familiar with Free Solo? I am not. I'm not. Oh wow. Um, See, we're in a different zeitgeist. <laughs> Each, all three of us. <laughs> my zeitgeist, my personal zeitgeist, is is very climber centric i've been obsessed for a while now um free solo is the documentary film uh it's like half sports documentary half um like interpersonal drama um and it's okay. i honestly haven't seen it um so i really got to be careful in my assertions here um <laughs> but i'm familiar with the subject matter which is uh alex honnold who is one of the best climbers in the world um but far and away the best free soloist which means he is a, what is a free okay yeah thanks yeah free soloing is a free climber which means somebody who makes upward progress only with their hands and feet a free climber can use equipment to protect themselves um so a lot of times people will make the mistake of calling a free climber a free soloist um, but free climbing just means you're not pulling on hooks or equipment for upward progress. That's a whole separate Yeah, category. it's like you're not using your your you know, you're not tying yourself up higher to kind of pull on that or something. Right. right. You you might still have materials and equipment to help keep you safe, but you're not using it at all to give you upward mobility. Exactly. It's, okay, it's just so that's there to free you in the event of a fall. A soloist yeah. is somebody who climbs a route without any partners. And you can do that with a rope and then you're a rope soloist, so you can still protect yourself. But the term free soloist means somebody who basically is wearing maybe climbing shoes and a chalk bag and normal clothes and nothing else. Um, wow. It's a it's a very, um, not quite taboo, but very sensitive part of the sport. Um, there's kind of a meme of like watching somebody free solo and then just turning your friends and going, that's so irresponsible. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I would say do it, do what you want, but also I, I would not partake. Yeah, 
And Alex Honnold is he's just built differently. Um, you know, uh-huh. the, just the way that he responds to that kind of experience. It's been a thing for for decades now, um, since the beginning of climbing to climb without equipment. You know, the, mm-hmm. everything else is just a simulation of the purest climbing experience, which is climbing without a rope. <laughs> total consequences, but yeah. it's not something anybody really takes lightly. Um, and he's one of the very best. And over the past decade has just been kind of progressing towards this um, uh, basically pinnacle experience of free soloing, which is he climbed El Capitan, 3,000 feet, valley floor, Yosemite Valley to summit, uh, without a rope. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> can, wait, like... When you get there, though... Can you just get a helicopter ride from there? You can you can drive to the top. You can hike to the top. Um, okay. The valley floor is is packed. It's um, I think six million annual visitors was the total wow. last year, and that's up. I, don't quote me on these numbers, um, but I'm vaguely recalling what the Rangers were telling me last time I was hanging out there, and it was like maybe maybe five to ten years ago it was three million annual. Now it's six. Wow. Okay. Um, so it's almost a parking lot on busy weekends. It's just one like seven mile loop in the middle of the valley. Yeah. Um, super popular. And then you can you can hike from the base to the rim. You can drive up in the high country and make like the two mile hike into the rim of El Cap. Um, but so I'm guessing this documentary this is like about this climb. Yes. Yeah. About the lead up to this climb. The lead up to the climb. Uh, a significant portion of the footage is them suspended up on the wall with their camera rigs you know trying to tuck back in corners so they're not distracting him and just uh, unbelievable footage of him climbing you know through these difficult sections very very few climbers can do even with a rope uh-huh. and he's just up there with just this superhuman level of calm um <laughs> yeah, you know Jesus. bliss um <laughs> Yeah, so it's the story of that, and then it's also the story of uh, the impact on the community of him in this progression towards it, because this isn't the first thing he's climbed yeah. without a rope. Um, just kind of the inspiration and also the questions it's raised throughout the community, and then in his personal life, um, you know, his closest friends, um, his girlfriend, his family, um, and in the circle of free soloists, um, you know, death is is not uncommon. There's It's a pretty familiar uh, dynamic that when, yeah. when that's those are the chances people take you you start losing friends um and so exploring kind of mm-hmm. those what's the point of this uh questions uh, interesting yeah so your thoughts on the oscars are you are glad that free solo won it's called free solo uh it is called free solo yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Oh, um, it's just a, it's an observation that is very close to your heart. Yeah. It's definitely something right. I'm tuned into. <laughs> yeah. Um, Whereas one of us might say the favorite was our fate. Was, we're so glad Olivia Coleman won because we're obsessed with Queen Anne, which I'm not because why? <laughs> but it's as if that were the case. You don't know whether it should have won or not, but I love Queen Anne, and there was a movie about Queen Anne, and it won. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so on the one hand, I, I think climbing is amazing. I think those very themes of, like, looking at the impossible and dreaming yeah. 
uh, of one day making it possible and then achieving that dream is absolutely mm-hmm. inspiring. Um, yeah. I, I was in the Valley both like the month before and the month after uh, he mm-hmm. accomplished that feat. And it's, it just changes the way you look at the wall. Um, so it really did kind of interesting reverberate through the community on the same token. Um, the growth within climbing has been so exponential lately that it just, you know, it raises these questions of what are we celebrating about the sport and how do we celebrate it? Um, interesting. And for the young and upcoming, you know, not, not to get into somebody, please think of the children terrain or that fallacy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but still, it's like, you know, where where do we want the sport to go so that, you know, the people... I mean, lots of communities have those same discussions. Um, what level like, of risk is, is, is acceptable? Yeah, but even the programming community... Remember, Rob, I told you about that thing that I read. But it, it has the same kind of thing. Like, is this behavior of looking down on other programming languages or other communities within the tech community is that helpful and it's not please think of the children it's just like look this is a community that we want to continue to foster and we want to foster it in a way that is both true to the thing and also inviting to others who want to to be a part of that thing right, but i don't think that's a, that's not what the brent and the climate community is currently dealing with they're dealing with like what is really the difference between like a free solo and then like a free solo with a rope would you call that uh, yeah, that would just free be climbing. a free ascent uh, with a rope. So, like, like is the is the extra risk of leaving the rope behind something that we should be celebrating, or should we be encouraging people to climb these extreme things more safely? Mm. Like, is it is is? Are, but, are, I, but it sounds like the the discussion is even more urgent now because of the number of people wanting to partake well, i mean know? that's exactly it right? you know when you, like the growth of basketball after michael jordan the growth of skateboarding yeah. after tony hawk the growth of you know all of these sports all come with like one major person that like made it culturally relevant and follow yeah. and all the people who didn't know what the sport was now do so you have this whole new community of people that are getting involved and do they want all of these people that, that are now getting involved to be be involved if it's i mean yeah. none of those sports nothing we talked about is as dangerous as what this guy did yeah. like, <laughs> like one day this guy's gonna be too old to do that and he's gonna find out probably by falling off of a mountain. well and and to be fair i mean even he yeah. has acknowledged there's a stopping point even after alex accomplished the feat you, you know his kind of answer to those interview questions of are you going to keep doing this was like, I'm pretty glad that this isn't something he's compelled to do anymore. Like he was like, I've checked the box. Like this was uh... a lifeless thing, but he also acknowledges that it's a numbers game. And I, I, again, I can only speak for myself and my feelings in these. I'm not trying to represent the climbing community as a whole. Um, yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying like, Oh, now there's going to be all these kids coming in who are going to get themselves killed. Um, but I, yeah, I think but they it probably does are. raise those questions because that's behavior you do. You know, there is a monkey see, monkey do element to our primal obsession with climbing. Um, yeah, and, and there's always a competitive, you know, aspect to every sport where it's like, well, he did that, but I want to do the next one. You know, I want to get to a place to be the to next one. To a certain one. extent. But and then with the, the people you will see who 
you can almost I don't know if trust or but like you can feel more comfortable seeing them solo are the ones who will tell you it it shouldn't be for this sense of I'm so badass or uh, it it is this like I feel calm compelled this is something yeah. that means something to me it's not because there yeah. are cameras watching but going yeah. back a step though like if you look at like all of the all-time greats in almost anything almost none of them know when to stop right because like you spend your whole life mastering this thing and then there always inevitably comes a time where no matter how hard you work you're not going to be better than someone younger than you and like almost none of them quite nail that moment like michael jordan retired three fucking times right yeah but this is maybe to brent's point is like if what alex donaldson what is it honald Honald, like if he stops now and does just free climbing or free ascent still with a safety rope, um, then it really lends credence to this kind of like personal journey that he chose to make out of his free solo. And I'm saying if he right. does that, that's great. Yeah. But like what I'm pointing oh, yeah, is yeah. like Michael Jordan thought he was done. <laughs> yeah, He's okay. like I'm hanging up the shoes and then the itch comes back. When you don't do it, it's like all I've done my whole life is this and the itch. Mm. You were done at that moment. But six months from now, are you still done when you're watching everyone else still doing it? I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and it's Interesting. A couple of thoughts on that. One is, yeah, I think just the dynamic of somebody who is obsessive enough to achieve levels of greatness in some activity that you gain that worldwide notoriety and fame, that level of obsession isn't something that just dissipates once you've achieved some goal. Um, it's kind of always this process of, you know, chasing the next rung, the next echelon, um, really trying to explore your final limits. Um, and age yeah. is just kind of a bastard in that regard. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and that also speaks to like, well, to do it while you're young, like let's, you know, make your mark while you can. And even in the personal sense of get out there and, you know, make the most of the time you have. Uh, and then the other yeah. side of that is to me, that's part of the beauty of climbing. Um, you know, you'll see, these people who have been doing it for all their life for 60 years plus um, a couple names that come to mind are Fred Becky, Leighton core. You know, these are guys who are like pushing 80 and their bodies are just falling apart and they're still out there um, climbing, you know, the hardest thing they can, which could be the easiest thing to anybody else, but they're still just really doing it because they love it. Yeah. And that's, yeah, there's always some mountain to, and also the other thing is right now like it's easier to accept retirement or like slowing down when you see the world pass you by like you're no longer on the top but it sounds to me based on what you said that this guy is still on the top he well he's so like as as far as the free soloing world probably it will be a very very long time before anybody matches that feat and before anybody should even attempt to do it there's just nobody mm -hmm. who really is in that realm yeah. um yeah and anybody who's kind of come close people start to get sketched out you watch videos and you're just like what are you doing like please stop yeah. whereas him it's just this like you feel like you're watching this whole other experience interesting um see so yeah. i kind of want to watch that documentary now it's I mean, it's definitely financing his lifestyle nothing else <laughs> which to be fair is really mellow low-key and um he lives in a van um, he, he just 
drives around and climbs. I think he gives a significant portion of his income to the Honold Foundation, which is all about um, providing sources of renewable energy to developing countries. So like um, solar power and yeah. uh, you cool. know, areas of Africa. So, Well, before we move on, I want to say that my favorite takeaway from the Oscars, which I did not watch, uh-huh. is the only uh, video clip that I saw of it which was the video clip of Olivia Coleman winning Best Actress. Oh. Um, which, if you were on Reddit any time within the last 24 hours, it was probably on your front page. And it was, it was, it was cool. Like, it was just a very, uh, you know, down-to-earth acceptance speech. And she, she was very excited, and I thought, I thought it was cool. And now I really want to see the movie, uh, which is the favorite about Queen Anne. <laughs> That that video clip that you're talking about that was on Reddit all day today is where I first heard of Olivia Coleman as a human being and the favorite as a movie. <laughs> Which was frustrating to me because nowhere like nowhere in like the first thing of that clip when you're first like looking at the Reddit thing, it was just like Olivia Coleman wins Best Actress. It didn't say for what movie. And it took me like two full minutes to figure out what movie she won it for, and I found that to be very frustrating. Oh, interesting. See, I had seen her in those trailers, and so I knew that it was for that movie. Okay. Um, I, I saw the clip. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. What did, what did you like about it? What was so... I she, think just, it, she was so, like, lost. Like, she didn't... I don't, I think that she did not expect to win in any way, so that when she got up there, she hadn't really prepared anything. Mm-hmm. So it was just, like, a really frank and kind of honest, like, where she thanked, like, two yeah. other actresses who she beat was, like oh my god, you were such a huge influence to me type of thing. Yeah. I can't believe this is not how I wanted to first like be in the same sentence as you type of thing. It's like sometimes they get up there and they're like, to all the other women in the category, I, you know, you're all amazing actresses. And it's like very composed, right? And this, she got up there and was just like, well, fuck me, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, she's like holding the Oscar. Like, it's genuine. Uh, it's never going to happen again. Yeah, and she's like, kids, if you're awake, which I hope you're awake because this is never happening again. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just very it was very real i guess i think that's the most endearing qualities of it it just seemed very real yeah um and i thought i thought that was cool and uh i hadn't seen the movie yet so now i kind of want to see that movie cool. Do, I, I know we should uh, probably move on but can we touch on a couple other things on the oscars real quick sure go for it that's what we're here Pop for culture relevant <laughs> etc uh I, I do want to circle back real quick and and say my other feelings about free solo winning best documentary is uh, at the end of the day, rock climbing is not that important. Um, it's super impressive and inspiring, especially when something like this happens. Um, uh-huh. And my other feelings are like Jimmy Chin and, uh, you know, the co-director, co-producer, um, his partner Elizabeth Chai Varsaheli. I want to make sure I'm saying her name right. I'm probably wrong. Like they're incredible adventurous. They're incre- incredible film cinematographers and directors, mm-hmm. great storytellers. Um, and I think they found an amazing way to make that story important and relevant and find the important relevance of it. At the same time, I haven't watched any of the other documentaries, but I really feel like I should. Um, like the RBG documentary, I don't know that yeah. much about her. She, I would, I should. I want to know more. You should. It's good. Yeah. It's good. There's one about uh, a fathers of sons, and it's. I just watched the trailer last night after I heard Free Solo won, and it's a journalist... Uh, going into Syria, pretending or under false pretenses that he is uh, ISIS, ISIL sympathizer, embedding himself 
with a radicalist family as the father uh, radicalizes his sons into jihadist training. And to me, that that story of is a lot taking more... fatal risk in order to you know share expose a, or yeah yeah share a message with the world of of what world realities are and what we should be paying attention to like i'm so excited for the community around free solo but at the same time i hope it doesn't overshadow yeah like, some of the other important see like for me i feel like best documentary should have been at least one of those two fire festival documentaries really um no i'm just kidding okay. i watched neither of them and i'm sure that while they were entertaining, they were about the dumbest fucking thing on earth. Weren't they also produced by the same people who put the festival together? No, no, one I don't of think the people. No, really? one of the top producers of the festival did the documentary. That's how they had so much behind the scenes information. It's because one of the guys who produced it was one of the guys who like, made the festival happen. That's even better. That's so good. Just keep cashing uh, in. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Oh fuck! Why isn't that guy in jail? Anyway, um, I I was joking. Yeah, I'm I, I'm sure that they were entertaining, um, but I'm also sure that it's like that that was about how a bunch of rich people got screwed, and it's like eh, I'm not really sad for you. Sorry, you got duped. You, all you rich idiots got duped by a rich idiot. <laughs> when Sorry. Brent brought up the other documentaries that were up for consideration, uh-huh. I decided that I was going to go try to figure out what they were before I realized that he was going to talk about it. And I'm looking at some of the other categories that they have at the Oscars. And I don't care. Yeah. That's, that's the other thing. I think the Oscars in general just seem kind of out of touch with... I, I don't know. Like, the Green Book one, there's so much controversy around that as a white savior movie. Again, I haven't seen it. I haven't really dug into it other than just kind of the top line controversy of like, what's going on here? Um, uh, Spike Lee yeah, I haven't that. seen it either. I read up a little bit about how it's the lowest rated, yeah, like by reviewers, film that won Best Picture of any Best Picture ever. Yeah. Something like that, which I haven't seen it, but I, a few people told me it was good. But I, yeah, I heard that there was some possible, you know, something going on there. Wait, what? What do you not care about, Rob? That's what I'm Sorry. interested yeah. in. There's a reward for best sound editing. There's a reward for best original song. There's an award for best sound mixing. Okay, There's so an award, Rob. Here's why. It's because movies are not just directors and actors and. So on and so forth. And so what you inevitably have in any award ceremony is a, hey, wait, we're only recognizing the director, the actors, and the best picture. We should start recognizing all of the other people that go into, you know, producing these works of art. But we shouldn't because I don't care. Oh, yeah, well, then, cause... <laughs> yeah, I disagree. I Yeah, I would say. Best original it, score, best original song. Best I would say song. if you want to say you don't care at all, like you don't care about best picture, best director, or best original score, then I then you, you're floating you're floating your boat. If you're saying that you don't <laughs> care, like I would say that you're like you you can not care. That's fine. I'm just saying that I I would implore you to care because I think those things are, are just important to building that piece of art. Yeah, did you, did you see First Man, Rob? 
the nope. the kind of semi-fictional, semi-autobiographical, or semi-biographical story about Neil Armstrong and. I actually didn't see I, that. Was it good? I think I saw two movies last year in theaters. Yeah. Okay. There were elements was of that... the movie that I found just kind of. The first time I watched it, I was like upset that it wasn't more of a documentary and that they took kind of artistic license with some of the family dynamics. And even mm-hmm. saw an interview with Neil Armstrong's kid coming in and saying, like, yeah, the family drama, like, it wasn't really like that. There wasn't this whole, like, kind of, you know, like, there was tension, but there wasn't this, like, stoic, distant father figure dynamic that they tried to portray. Yeah. Through. But okay. to the sounds, the score part, I mean, the second time I watched through it, the soundtrack, especially during the moon landing scene, you're just, like, openly weeping. It's so perfectly accentuates the drama of that moment and to watch it without the soundtrack i think would be a totally different experience and here's here's another thing i haven't seen the movie and i don't even know what the name of the movie is but the movie with lady gaga who won star is born a star is born with the the, i think she got best original song yeah she won for that um i've seen that clip and it it's emotional. Like I I was get, I was getting pretty into it, and I didn't even know any of the context. I assumed that if I knew the context, I would be weeping. So two things I want to say real quick. Uh, one of them is I'm looking at the list of best picture nominees, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and there are eight. Okay. And I've never heard of four of them before. Just before yesterday. Okay, which four have you heard of? Black Panther, Bohemian okay. Rhapsody. Vice yeah. and A Star Is Born. I've heard of. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I've never heard of Black Klansman. I've never heard of the favorites. I've never heard of the Green Book, and I've never heard of Roma. Ah, uh, yeah. So you should have. <laughs> <laughs> and get some culture of the Rob. top eight. I've only seen two of them. I haven't. And one se- of them I saw on an airplane. I haven't seen any of them, but I have had little. Uh... Going to the movies time recently. That whole, oh my gosh. That whole child yeah, thing. Take up some time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but some of those are on my list. Like, I really want to see The Favorite now, and I really want to see Green Book. Even if Green Book doesn't deserve it for some reason, I think it's, I'd like to see it. Um, I I heard it's Black like I, I understand the appeal of those kinds of movies and people like them. It's just like period pieces have never done it for me. So the favorite is a period piece that's uh, more like dark humor. It's like almost a comedy. It's like a dramedy. Yeah. I, again, I haven't seen it either, but I will also my take or my reluctance to really be excited to see it. I've heard it's good, but... I hear also if you're watching it with any interest in it as like a historical educational experience, you're just doing yourself a disservice. (laughs) The other thing that I want to say is that uh, Brady Heron uh, from many podcasts that I've already mentioned Uh is a bit of a NASA historian. Like he's actually read through all of the moon landing transcripts from the two different moon landings and all that type of stuff. Uh And he thought that that movie was poorly done. Which one? And he... Why? First, first man. Whatever. First man. Yeah. Uh, he said they overdramatized it and they took away from the importance of it by making it too much about characters that they didn't really portray in the way that they're historically really were as people. I would not disagree. Yes. I yeah. I don't think I don't think anyone would disagree. Right. It's kind of the I same just, thing as Gravity. 
If you're fucking Neil deGrasse Tyson and and you can't get over scientific inconsistencies, then you're not going to enjoy it. Yeah. Right? And that's the same thing with the favorite. Like everyone know, not everyone, but if you read about Queen Anne, you know that her con- the contemporary historians thought she sucked, but modern day histori- historians think that she was pretty good. And the favorite is not pretty good, but not sucked. And the favorite is very much from the uh, perspective of her contemporaries, not modern-day historians. And so every single, any period piece is going to have in, like, non-factual, like, things that are not factual. It's the same thing with Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit or Harry Potter. Like, if you can't get over the inconsistencies between the source material... That's completely different. How? Because those are not based on true events, right? So, like, Does taking liberties... The, taking, the, I, I don't disagree with the, I don't disagree with your concept in general. I think comparing Lord of the Rings to a movie about a real-life event is a false equivalency. Possibly. I would just say that in both cases, the end result is a, wor- you... is a work of... Is a work of art. It's a... It's just a... A it work. depends on how you portray right. the movie. There's always right? that based on a true story tagline, which I, I think sure. anytime you see that, you got to kind of put your guard up. Cause or you just don't eat. I don't even. I'm like, okay. Even even documentaries no. are subjective, right? So <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I would just say that someone like Brady Haran or Neil deGrasse Tyson could be just so pissed off about the non-inclusion of Tom Bombadil in Lord of the Rings as to say that it's as much of an atrocity, uh, right? I, I think that's still false time, equivalency, like Rob is saying. Like, hmm. kind of The moon landing, Brady's point was that the moon landing was such a momentous occasion, and that if you actually look at the real audio, there was enough there to make an amazing movie without making up a lot of the details that they did make yes. up. Like they mm. made up something about him bringing a note to the moon that his daughter had written up, and that was all just completely fabricated. Right. That didn't happen. And so he was like, why did they make that up? There were so many other good things that happened that they didn't cover that they could have made this movie more true. Cause he, and also, like, but, but, but 200 again, years down the road, what's You have to realize truth? that that's not the job. Like, I, I agree. I like things to be more factual. But I think I've just accepted that that's not the job or the charter of movie production. Well, and, and I think right? I would side with, with Rob in that regard, that if you're using source material that is that momentous and that important, and you mm. pervert it in that way for whatever artistic license or emotional truth you're trying to convey, there is a certain level of irresponsibility to it. Um, and- I would say if that we if we were a socialist society, I would agree. But since we're a capitalist society, <laughs> I disagree because the motivation for that movie is not to be factually correct. The motivation is to get more people to watch. But it. you're also ignoring the thing that I said, where his point was that they could have made just as good a financially successful movie right. following mm. closer to the truth than what they did. They just took artistic license to be different rather than for any advantage. Was his point. Or to be quote I've unquote, heard, I haven't seen the movie either. in a way that yeah, might be I've heard the, Yeah, I've heard that argument a lot, but I, I'm not sure for lots of different true events, and I'm just not sure that I agree with that. Well, I, and I think if the outcome of this movie is that more 10 year olds are excited to be astronauts, that's fundamentally a good thing because hopefully high school, college, and beyond will educate them to the level where they can still have that passion and not. Uh, yeah. What if what if in the Tom Hanks 9/11 movie they had a third plane fly into the buildings? Would that bother you? Oh Jesus! The t- sorry, say that again. 
The Tom Hanks 9-11 movie. I've never seen that. If they had a third that, plane fall, fly into the movie, fly to the, into the towers, would that have bothered you? I mean... Uh, maybe maybe a slightly yes. less loaded version of that is yeah. the Titanic movie. Because that is an example of... But the Titanic movie didn't seek out to be factual. It was completely a drama. Like, they presented that in no way as being based on the truth. Like, that wasn't uh, presented that way. But is was First Man presented that way? Yes, it was. For the most part. More so than Titanic? Way more so than Titanic. Oh, Titanic so I... never at any point sought to be... Like, this is a story about a boat that existed. It was about as far as they took that historically accurate. Mm. And, and in my experience... Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, I would, I would still just say the same thing. Um, at that, I, I think I've just gotten to the point where I, I don't care about the factual <laughs> accuracy of movies because I know that they're not factually accurate. And so if, they, if you put a third, third plane into the two towers to make it more compelling and therefore sell more tickets whatever like i know what factually happened i can look up what factually happened but i'm not worried about what you're gonna do i'm worried about the general feeling of people Mm. because most people aren't right and like the things they did in first man that weren't factually accurate don't really change the fact it doesn't say like a note a note from his daughter does that change the factual you know the the, but the landing scene and the audios and the suspense in certain moments i think really and i've gone in and kind of tried to true it up to historical reports i think there are elements where they really did do justice to it but then there's scenes like the note from the daughter or like where he's in like the uh the gyro trainer and he like passes out and they're like okay next up and then neil armstrong's like no I'm going again. And you're just like, there's no way that a responsible space program would be like, he says he wants to go again. Let's go again. Yeah. You know, it's just like, yeah. okay, you've, you've shown the emotional truth of his stoicism and toughness and determination, but there's a way to do that that isn't maybe so cheap, I guess. Mm. Yeah, maybe that's more of what it is. It's just the cheap, cheaper decisions were made to convey those things that weren't factual. I, I just feel like, there's there's always a time and a place to to care and it's like the same thing with gravity. I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah. And I agree with all of Neil deGrasse Tyson's criticisms, but if he can't fucking enjoy it because of that, that sucks for but him. That's different too cuz gravity right. isn't a true story. Like you can do whatever you want with that. It's it's, it's like Lord of the Rings. Like, uh, elves, you, elves aren't real. I, I don't could, care. I could make the argument that the factual accuracy of physics is a more momentous thing to human life. But it wasn't than ever presented as real. It was never presented as real. Yeah. But, there was I mean, no point in the movie Gravity where like this is based on a true story. This is something that really happened. They never presented it that way. Which, and it, they presented so it that's as fine. like real physics. If Lord of the Rings had <laughs> opened with, with with based on a true story, I'd have a problem with that. I, I take yeah, the point that I, I mean, think Aaron's just better at suspending disbelief than us. And enjoying it. Yeah, so that's, a, that's I, the thing. I, just, I can just when say... When I'm watching Die Hard, I'm not concerned with whether or not like this could actually happen. I'm concerned with when they're making a p- movie and they're presenting it as being biographical and then they fucking make shit up. Like, don't present it as being factual then. Just... If, if you're saying this is a story that is loosely based on real events but we made it more interesting, fine. I'm, I'm just I'm saying. Good. I'm just saying. To me, those two things, like saying I want to go again, 
and the note, just as an example, are, in my opinion, no more artistic license than any other biographical movie ever fucking made. Take the RBG movie yeah. that was ju- that just came out that isn't the documentary. Take Apollo 13. Take uh, The Green Book. <laughs> take any movie that's supposed to be factually about any... Take A Beautiful Mind. All of them have made-up shit in them, and it's just an accepted thing that... I like in a beautiful mind the stuff that makes me cry, and I'm guessing most of it's not true. Yeah, there's a lot of bullshit in that movie, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> and I'm not watching it to learn about whether John Nash did or did not do one thing or another thing. It's just like he was a guy; he was great at, at game theory, and now this is a made-up thing that's going to pull on your heart. Well, and I'm, I'm no right? math magician, like, but I, I also think. Just a nitpick here, like the the pivotal scene in that movie where his like Nobel Prize winning game theory Nash equilibrium thing, where they just like reduced it to like, oh, if we all go after the blonde, none of us get yeah. laid tonight. Like, that's yeah, so that's literally yeah. Uh, considering game theory is a much more complex uh, study. That it is absurd, and so that's the thing. You, I mean, and I, I see where you're coming from, Rob. Where maybe some people are like, "That's what game theory is," <laughs> choosing, making sure that we don't all go after the same women. Woman, that's game theory. But you know, I don't know. It's it's a movie. Yeah. I so see I guess to that end, from, I just should we even take the Oscars seriously? If that's no, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Never. Can I can I advocate for a couple quick things? If you if to our listeners who saw First Man and are into that kind of stuff, I'm reading the right stuff right now by Tom Wolfe, which mm. is new journalism, and so there is a bit of like fanciful storytelling within it, and you can kind of pick up on it even when you're reading, and it inspires me to go look and see like how do you know this? Uh, but it's just it's a super yeah. compelling read about a, a very momentous time in human history. Uh, totally cool. recommend it. Um, and then also. Uh, the Writers Guild Awards. I just saw a couple clips there. I I think Bo Burnham is a gift to our generation, and <laughs> both in his comedy and his advancing maturity and the way he tackles these subjects. His movie Eighth Grade this year, also one I haven't seen. I'm just so glad it exists. Um, just I haven't seen that. Yeah. If you haven't seen the trailer, I think it's at least worth a look. I think it's it, it looks poignant, which is nice. Yeah. After after that movie came out, he did a lot of press on a lot of podcasts I listened to, which is why I know what that one is. Uh-huh. And he's just hilarious. Oh, I might have seen a trailer for that. Okay, it's basically cool. just about how hard and weird it is being a middle schooler. Yeah. Especially <laughs> being a middle school girl, which I'm sure we can all relate to. I have a game for us. All right, let's do the game. Uh, let's do it. Just to give it a fun little title. Um, it's called Based on a True Story. No, um, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping that was going to be real. Oh, God. Uh, so, so I figured we might call it uh, Etymological BLT, like the Tasty Treat Sandwich. <laughs> and like the Tasty Treat Sandwich... Uh, there are some things in it that are true and good for you and some things that are probably not so good for you. Um, so BLT would be, uh, bullshit, lies, and truth. Um, Mm. so shoehorning in that title, uh, the 
way the game works is I'm going to give you guys a word, and then I'm mm. going to give you three explanations for the etymology of that word. <laughs> yeah. So where that word came from. Uh, this is awesome. And you, you guys, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> you guys are going to have to decide on which one you think is the truth. I, I, I am going to be awful at this, and I'm excited about that. <laughs> Me too. I think we're both going to be awful at that. <laughs> Considering we were all in Latin together, though, he might have thrown us one or two Latin softballs. Don't worry, I won't get them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think Rob and I only took three years, and Brent, didn't you take four or five? I think I only took three. Okay. It was like what? But I... Oh, I shouldn't throw out other names, but there were there were a small group of people who took like four and five for AP credit, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, and I technically took three. What is that? Mean? But I took those three way less seriously than most people. I did enough to get by. That class was an easy A that I got a solid B in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to that class's credit, though, I I think we've all found it very useful. I Both have. just for SAT uh, prep. Yeah. And then also, you know, medical field, sciences, mm -hmm. and then just, like, understanding how language works, um, you know, at least in the Western world. You are, once again, overestimating the amount I took from that <laughs> class. <laughs> you did watch Hercules and Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, though, right? That's <laughs> multiple yeah. times each. Okay. You at least know how to sing the songs from Hercules. <laughs> You've learned something, Rob. I actually, there is no Disney movie where I know the songs better than that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, All right, here we I don't go. Remember. Um, I could find my way. Oh, I can go the distance. Someone call IXII. I <laughs> okay. Yeah, Continue. I know every Let's go. Would be worth my while. Oh, yeah, there, right, cool. there you go. All right. So as I am a guest on this podcast, I thought the first word we could go with is visitor. The word visitor. Visitor. Ah. So, potential etymology number one, or A. Uh -huh. Let's go with alpha. Alpha. Uh, from the Latin root, root uh, vice, meaning in place of or instead of, like vice president or vice count, mm. uh, as in being one who stands in a place. Uh-huh. Or... Uh, from the Latin root, uh, visio, meaning to go see, or uh, gamma, or option C. Uh, from a Latin root, vitium, meaning guilty or faulty, uh, derived from the sense of guilt one feels when they have not made a journey to see their family and friends. Oh, interesting. I have my initial guess. Rob, Me what too. is yours? I, I, my initial guess, but it maybe seems too obvious, yeah. would be A. Oh, mine is B. Well, this is awkward. This is awkward. <laughs> now um, it's going to end up having been C, and we're going to look like idiots. Well, that, uh, it's possible. Because so, C, I think C is the one that seems most likely, which means maybe it's the most likely. You want me to go over one C, more time? Sorry. C is the one that seems least likely. 
yeah. no, I think I got them. The first one uh, is Vice, right? Mm-hmm. The standing in the place of. Which is standing in the place of. That seems pretty good. Like a visiting professor. A visitor. I mean, that seems pretty good. It seems pretty good. Uh, Beta, or Bravo, um, is uh, uh, Vizio, mm-hmm. right? Which is uh, I walk, watch, I look, yeah. right? I to go and see. Go see, to go see. Uh, and then the third one doesn't seem very likely. Vidium, right? Yeah, Vidium, meaning guilty or at fault. Guilty. Yeah. But that that one seems like maybe that's it because it doesn't seem likely. Also, like, a lot of times when they're making up words, some of them, like, the etymology is legitimately kind of funny where the words came from. And that one's yeah. kind of funny. You don't call it is kind of funny. What yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But sometimes... the. Maybe we'll keep. I'm, let's keep score. Okay. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going with A. Final answer. I'm going with B. Final answer. All right. The answer is B. Yeah. And <laughs> Rob's he quits. I have. Can I just be say something real quick? I have been wrong a lot today. It's been a rough one. <laughs> Do you know what you haven't been wrong about though? The fact that movies based on a true story suck. Not always. <laughs> I mean, generally suck. Fair. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, and I, I need to correct myself. Yeah. It, it comes from uh, Latin visitare, meaning to go see or to come inspect. And mm-hmm. uh, from the past particle, participle stem of videre, which is to see, notice, or observe. Now, did you yeah. make up any of those completely out of the... Like, oh, I made up all the, the bullshit. One of those... Like those are those may not be Latin words. At oh all. no, those are those are Latin words. So those oh, okay. those are true roots. I just bullshitted them as the justification. So they they might even be related, <laughs> but I don't think so. Yeah. Well, Aaron is now up. How many are there? Six. Well, I'm up sixty three to zero because I assume each question's worth sixty three. Each one is worth <laughs> one point. Oh wow! And then the last one is worth three. Oh, that way so there Brett, could be a comeback story. So, Brett, choose which one you want to be the last. Uh, one this is perfect. Now, this is perfect. All right, question two. How many we got? The six total. Six. Okay. All right. All right. Number two. Uh, and Aaron, I think you might have a slight advantage here. Uh-oh. Uh, the word is malaria. Don't worry about it. Malaria. Malaria, as in the disease malaria. Yeah. I think that maybe you're mistaking Aaron for Bill Gates, <laughs> which is a common mistake, but. <laughs> Easily made. Okay. Uh, potential etymology alpha. So malaria is named after the symptom of feverish cheeks, uh, which are the zygomatic bones, a.k.a. the malar bones, uh, and the symptoms accompanying of nystigmus, which is eye twitching, and joint pain and vomiting are often temporarily relieved by rubbing the cheeks and the temples. So by rubbing the malar bones is a symptom of the disease. Uh. Potential explanation B. It's a portmanteau of mal and lariat. Mal meaning bad and lariat meaning rope. So it's like a bad rope tied around the liver, causing the symptoms of fever, chills, aches, 
and gastrointestinal cramps. Or potential explanation C, it is malaria, as in bad air, that's named after the swamps around ancient Rome, where the bad air was thought to be the cause of the disease. <laughs> wow, all of those sound like kind Dude, of good. Dude, Brent, you did a good kind job, buddy. good. You did a, uh, did a good job. We're going to think about what your answer is, and we're going to say it on three so that we uh, don't affect each other's Oh, yeah, answers. that's a good idea. Okay. Um, well, uh, give me a second. We got A, which is rub- rubbing your malar bones. We got B, which is rope around the liver. And we got C, which is bad air. Bad yeah. rope and bad air. Okay. Um, all right. I think I'm ready. All right. Brent, count us down. All right. Gonna go three, two, one, go. You're gonna say it on go. Okay. okay. Three, yeah. two, one, go. C. C. I got C Ooh. from Aaron and B from Rob. No C. It was C both. C. Yeah, he said yeah. C as well. Uh, that's a double win. Wow. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and give it both a point, although it's obviously a pointless point. But like, it just like all three of those were good. Like all three of those, they I were see, good. Because like, I'm thinking malaria is one of the most ancient diseases. So whenever they were naming it, they didn't know no, what the caused fuck it. Is going on. Yeah. So bad air is like that. Eh, that makes sense. Like the air sucks, so I got sick. Yeah, yeah, and particularly uh, the etymology I read was that it was the uh, bad swampy or the bad air from the swamps around Rome. So it being a disease vectored by mosquitoes. Mosquitoes, yeah. They didn't famously know. like still water. Yeah. Which exactly. is what you have in a swamp. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Okay. Good. I also just don't know if anyone would get any relief from this. So that kind of, I was like, I've never had malaria, but I just can't imagine this would actually help that much. It should much. be noted that Rob is but rubbing it... his temples right now. <laughs> and they feel great. Yeah. They feel so smooth. I, ha- I but dude, I thought they were all good. They, yeah, those were uh, those were good. We aim to please. All right, number three. Number three. Soccer. Oh God, I'm not gonna get this one right. I think I actually know the answer to this one straight oh. off. But you go ahead and go, go all ahead. Right. Well, I'll, I'll at least try and impress you with my bullshit. <laughs> so, uh, soccer potential explanation alpha. It is used to differentiate from rugby football, as soccer is often played barefoot, or rugby is often played barefoot, as less padding in rugby prevents undue aggression. In football, with constant impact between the hard leather balls and the feet, soccer or shoes and socks were deemed essential, and hence you have socks in the game of ball football. Mm. Hence, they started calling it soccer to differentiate from rugby. Once they be rugby football and uh, traditional soccer football became popular. Interesting. Potential explanation B. Uh, oh, I just lost my place. All right. Um, it was named for an epic showdown at the inaugural 1930 World Cup, before which the sport was just known as football. A fight broke out between the championship teams of Argentinian and Uruguayan team fanship, uh, with the Argentinian team. Argentinian fanship even entering into the stadium cheering victory or death. The English media, seeking to capitalize on a disheartened, imperialistic post-World War I mentality, and also, again, to differentiate from rugby, which was claiming to be the true rough man's game, 
took to calling the contentious matches as real sockers of a match, as in punching. So trying to brand soccer as a rough, aggressive, worthwhile game, as rugby <laughs> was increasingly more popularized. Uh, that first game they called a soccer as a math of a match, and it took off from there. Potential explanation C is it's just a shortened form of the late 1800s governing body of English football. What do you, ooh. Do you have the name of that governing body? Lost to history. Mm. No, that's actually bullshit. I might have it, but I'm not going to tell it to you. <laughs> I see. Okay. <laughs> lost to history. I was going to say, if it's lost to history, okay, so, yeah, I figured you might not tell it to us. Ooh, that's hard. Okay, so you got you got A, which is that you didn't used to have to wear socks for rugby, but then you had to wear you 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 should wear socks for soccer. And then you got B, which is that some crazy British guy was, you know, radio uh, announcing a match, and he was calling it a soccer of a match because they were fucking punching each other and shit. Uh, which doesn't sound unlikely, uh, people punching each other over soccer. I know that uh, Europeans can get pretty worked up about their football matches. And then C, a shortening of the name of like the governing body in the early days of the sport. All right, I, I think I'm ready. Rob, you seem like you have a quiet confidence about all this. <laughs> I have an idea. Okay. Yeah. Countdown? Yeah. I'm ready. Three, two, one, go. B. C. Ooh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think this is where I lose a point. Point, Rob. <laughs> oh. See, this is a famous sports argument that people have because soccer was called soccer before it was called football and so all the people who yell at americans for calling football football it was actually american football was called football because soccer wasn't called football and they called it football because there was already because like there wasn't a game called that they weren't just being assholes so what was the name of this governing body like association something french yeah just the soccer association Soccer is an abbreviation yeah. of association. Oh. And apparently there's a perhaps apocryphal story of um, rugby being called rugger and a man being asked, are you coming to play rugger with us? And he said, no, soccer. So. Interesting. As to de- differentiate rugby, football, and soccer football. I legitimately didn't think there was going to be one that I actually just knew, but I'm very happy with myself. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. so I see what you're saying. It's an abbreviation of the word, like, of A-S-S-O-C, like association, but literally just the, the front end of that word. Yeah. Interesting. And earlier, it was soccer with, with a K. Uh, well, I think that's just bullshit I made up. No, no, no. I'm, I'm reading, or I mean, I'm reading it on Wiktionary. Oh, really? I figure like I'm allowed to look them up yeah, after absolutely. I've lost the point. <laughs> uh, so after, after, 
Yeah. Uh, we are now at the halfway point in the game, and the score is tied. It's tied. It's all tied up. <laughs> I also do want to throw out a bit of trivia about answer B. Uh, uh-huh. Colonel of Truth in the Paraguay and Uruguay team uh, fanship. Oh. Or sorry, Argentinian and Uruguay team fanship being so riled up. Uh, the Argentinian supporters did enter into the playing area with the war cry, Victoria o Muerto, or Muerte, meaning victory, victory or death. But the stadium just was like... searched for weapons. Uh, there were disagreements and even death threats made. Uh, so soccer, wow. soccer, football is serious stuff. Do you listen to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on NPR? Me? I do. Yes, I know Rob I does. Do. do you, Brett? Yes. Yeah, like any good wait, wait, don't tell me, like they they do kind of the same thing, something similar. Um, oh, there's yeah. always a yeah. kernel of truth, right? There's always if there's a kernel of truth, it makes it a little bit like I, you know, it lights up that center of your brain going. I do remember somebody screaming something at somebody else, <laughs> and so then you're like, I think it's that. You know what I'm saying? Like that makes it so much more believable. Yeah. All right, question four. Number four. The word is nice. Nice, N-I-C-E. Correct. Okay. Nice. (laughs) Potential explanation A. Uh, A slang term, well, not necessarily a slang term, but a a term that was named after the Mediterranean climate of Nice, France, or Nice, France, I believe it's pronounced. I don't know. Yes. Uh, Popularized in the 17th century. As the regal traveling well-to-do and crusaders would return to London with tales of the Nice weather. Uh, mm. So on rainy days, London weather. But when it was that balmy Mediterranean type of climate, they'd be like, oh, this is so reminiscent of Nice weather. <laughs> Option B, uh, there is a type of rock called Nice Rock. And it's a metamorphic form of shale. Uh, shale is a flaky rock with little constructive value. Uh, loose sandstone uh, breaks off quite easily. Uh, nice is a metamorphic form of that. And it's a slang term that developed as indicative that someone is solid, filled with potential. And uh, it's also, nice is also a rock that's commonly filled with brilliant quartz streaks and a shiny luster. So they are just a shining personality that's dependable. Or potential explanation C, it's a stupid person who is easily taken advantage of, basically an idiot. Okay, so you got you got A, people be digging nice France. Mm-hmm. You got B. <laughs> nice is nice. Uh, nice is nice. Uh, you got B... Some pretty shale rocks that are called the metamorphic form is called nice, mm-hmm. and then option C is a dumb dunce, basically. Yes. All right, I think I got my answer. I got an answer. I got an answer. Cool. <laughs> okay. Oh. This is rough. That's. I I'm I'm really stuck between two, and okay, okay. I'm ready. 
I'm doing it. I'm going hard. <laughs> I'm going all in. I'm betting the farm. Attention is palpable. All right. Three, two, one, go. C. A. A. Hold on. Before you tell us what the answer is, before you tell us what the answer is, I picked A because I want it to be right. <laughs> you <laughs> Have you okay. been to Nice, Rob? No, but that was a hilarious answer. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm between B and C. And why is that? And um and the reason was because I I'm I'm fair I said C because I think it's C. It's one of those things that's kind of like badass. Or even the term idiot. It's like back in the day, idiot nope. was just as offensive as retarded. Right? But it's so like that's literally what it meant was like the same kind of thing. Uh, but it slowly got more and more colloquial, so people started to use it more colloquially. And I get this sense that nice was one of those words where it was it meant one thing about a person and it was slowly kind of developed into well, for the record, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> well Rob uh, I hate to break it to you. <laughs> Aaron is spot on. Wow! <laughs> it was a risk. This, it was a risk. This is honestly one of my favorite uh, ones that I came across in all of these. Um, yeah. And if you go to etymonline.com for the story, uh, the etymology is late 13th century, meaning foolish, stupid, or senseless. From Old French, uh, meaning careless, clumsy, weak, poor, or needy. Simpleton. Mm-hmm. Uh, which derives from the Latin word nescius, uh, meaning mm-hmm. ignorant or unaware, literally ne, as in not, and scire, meaning to know. So one without science. Yeah. <laughs> or knowledge. Yeah. Well, and throughout time... Your story for A. Your story from A was solid, and I wish that were the truth. <laughs> I was thinking of your were European there any travels. Was that I just completely it fucking make that up. I'm curious how this came over time, though. Uh, basically just a word that had kind of softened and ameliorated. Uh, you have yeah. kind of the mildly agreeable people with just kind of a vague personality uh, mm. going from being just kind of witless people to uh, being actually a socially valuable thing. You are mm. just agreeable and delightful if you're not, uh, you know. Yeah, it started to... It started to turn into, well, if you don't know anything and you're just there, you're nice. And then slowly it's just kind of been like, you're pleasant to be around, but not very round. You're a very flat character, yeah. right? And then slowly that flatness kind of faded from the definition of the word and it just became agreeable and cool. Yeah. Now, was there any kernel of truth to this story, A, or did you just like completely <laughs> off the dome make that just shit up? Just was off the dome thinking of you roaming around <laughs> Italy. <laughs> That's just too bad. <laughs> he played right into your heartstrings. Do you Rob. know that they? Do you know that in France there's a city named after idiots? What is it? <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> well, now I'm confused. Uh, how did I know you were gonna say that? <laughs> there's a city in France named after idiots. The word "nice" means idiot. Thus, the city in France named after idiots is, is Nice. N i c e. Makes perfect sense. Is this- you don't worry about it. Right. How, how much are you pulling so our legs now? Oh, no, that was... No, I mean, no, that. he's pulling well, our legs. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm pulling up the, the Nice France Wikipedia page right now. <laughs> <laughs> Where is this? Actually, it's a good idea. Uh, looks like it was named after <laughs> Nike, the goddess of victory. 
Oh. Did you know there's a goddess of victory named after idiots? <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. All right. Uh, option B was just fan service to myself. Nice is one of my favorite rocks to climb on. It's it's super pleasant. Oh. So I had never heard of it, so I, I didn't have any particular like warm feeling about it. You know, but it is spelled G N E I S S. Yeah. G N what? E I S S, and it is quite yeah. pretty. It would make a good countertop. Yeah. It's lovely. Although it's probably... I bet it actually probably wouldn't make a good countertop. Yeah, it would make a pretty countertop. It's probably too porous. Right. But still very, very pretty. Throw a throw a coat on there and just stare at it all. Yeah, that's off. true. Just get some epoxy some shit. You guys come come uh, to Denver okay. and we'll just go into the canyons and stare at it all day long. And hang out with some nice Yeah. I thought you were gonna say we should go to Denver and then make some countertops, <laughs> but yours is better. Yours is good too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make some countertops. Also, all right. Question five. Okay. Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. just another interesting etymology. The word "nice" comes from the Middle High German word "nist," meaning spark, because the rock glitters. Oh, oh, okay. I did not know that. You mean G N E I S S comes from? Yes. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Those Germans and their yeah. words. All right. Uh, we are getting into. The last two words, both of which inspired by previous podcasts. Um, Ooh. The next word is Sersharonin. Sersha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, oh, damn it. It's uh, kind of I, funny, though, how I said Sersha at the same time you said Sersha Ronin. Yeah. Like, we, we both knew that that I, would have been amazing. We're on the same wavelength. But you didn't, you didn't want to kill me that hard. <laughs> Uh, the first, or then the second to last word, the penultimate word. The penultimate word. <laughs> is penultimate? Is it no, penultimate? No. That we could use that in a future oh. one, though. Um, okay, yes, yes, yes. Uh, chivalric. <laughs> chivalric. Option A, named after chives, uh, which are a sweetly scented herb that accompanied the fancy dishes of the noble family and were a pleasant aroma they carried with them. Option B, uh, from the medieval term meaning horseman. Or option C, chi, as in the Greek letter X, as in X marks the spot. And the word valor, as in here there is valor. Chi valor. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Those are, those are pretty good, but I'm like 90% sure on one of them. Well, I hope that my 10% sure guess is the same one. So, okay, so you got. By the additive property, you, got, you guys together are 100% sure you have the right answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you've got. I'm a, actually. Hold on, let me go back and adjustment. I'm 33% sure. <laughs> <laughs> Val, valid argument, Rob. Like, why give your. Why sell yourself. Sell, sell yourself short? Um. Okay, so you got A, which is that chives, especially during the medieval, like when the word probably came about, uh, would have been something that only like nobility could afford to to use as a spice or a garnish on their food, and so they would use it a lot and smelled kind of like chives. Mm-hmm. B is uh, for hor- it's like horses, mm-hmm. 
And C is Kai, like X marks the Valor. Yes. X marks the Here there is Valor. Okay. I'm I'm ready. Alright, Rob, you good? Yeah, I'm you good. Seem I'm guessing. <laughs> I mean seem nonplussed. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I know which one it isn't. So I'm pretty much a fifty fifty. Oh, okay, okay, there you go. Which I mean by the Monty Hall problem, you're there you go. <laughs> See, that's the thing. He showed you three doors. You guess at a door. Did you change your door, though? Well, I wasn't guaranteed <laughs> yeah, the I one I thought. Yeah, yeah. I know. Because uh, <laughs> it's going to end up being the one I'm pretty sure it is. What's going to happen? That's, there you go. Okay. That's hard. All right. Uh, three, two. <laughs> Aaron looks visibly in pain right now. Three, yeah. <laughs> two, one, go. B. Hey, you guys got it. Nice. Yeah, pretty simple. Just a knight on horseback. Uh, and it comes from the word cavalarius. Mm, that I, did I was not pretty know. sure they weren't named after onions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, similar to the way that uh, Caballero is a cowboy. Ah. Or, uh, it's just like same roots. In Spanish. Is, yeah. Caballarius. Is the room so this is pretty much worked out exactly as I hoped. Is that this is a crucial? Yes. Question. This, and yeah, it's, it if did work I out. get it right and Aaron gets it wrong, I win. Mm-hmm. Any other situation, Aaron wins. True. And uh, in no situation is there a tie. Which but is Rob, might we say that everyone's a winner? <laughs> no, that's not how. That's not how. That's not how this works, Aaron. Because we Someone, all learned something today, Rob. Well, that's, that's true, but in order for this to be true human endeavor, I someone see. has to lose. Okay. <laughs> this is, this is a zero-sum just... game. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel, I feel you, Rob. You want there to be a clear distinction. All right, let's no, do... No one feels good about a tie <laughs> other than the team that should have lost but got lucky to get the tie. That's I the see. only people that are happy about ties. I see. Yeah, that's a good point. So what is it? What is it? Is it five to four? Yeah, uh, four to three. Four to three? Oh, yeah. Yep. Four to three. Four to three. Okay. Got All right. Final word is sardonic. Mm, I love this word. Mm-hmm. Sadly, I don't know anything about its etymology. <laughs> Yet. Word sardonic. Yet. Its origin, option A, comes from the Rissus sardonicus plant, a buttercup common to Sardinia, which contains strychnine, causing tetanus or lockjaw, a spasm of the facial muscles, hence a deathly grin. What a fantastic option. That is is so good. Option B, Homer, the epic poet, (laughs) uses the expression to describe the grinning sneer of the people of Sardinia. They were reputed to have this grinning sneer in the face of battle. Oh, man. Or option C. In pre-Roman Sardinia, the elderly of the society were customarily killed. Those of the Sardi performing the ritualistic murder often through blunt force... Excuse me. Those of the Sardi performing the ritualistic murder... uh, Parentheses often through blunt force with rocks or a toss from a cliffside, would often laugh at the act, 
believing the laughter to be a pious act which transformed the murder from death into a form of rebirth. <laughs> okay. All right. So here's the thing. Let's say that we were good at etymology. I would say that more than likely, the end of your goodness at etymology for the word sardonic would probably end at Sardinia, right? And you've made sure that if you knew that Sardinia had to do with sardonic, you're fucked still. <laughs> you got to know why, <laughs> uh, which is fantastic. Unfortunately, I didn't know that it had anything to do with Sardinia. Um, but Combining two of the got... craziest types of people, island people and mountain people. Yeah. <laughs> So, we got we got A. This is from a plant, uh, Narcissus sardonicus or something like that, that has strychnine in it, which causes you to basically have lockjaw and have what could only be described as a sardonic sneer on your face as you are dying of strychnine. <laughs> or strychnine, however it's pronounced. <laughs> Option B is uh, Homer... In the Odyssey, describe the sard. Oh, and that plant grows on Sardinia in option A. In option B, uh, Homer in the Odyssey describes the Sardinian warriors as having these terrible grins upon their faces before battle, which does sound quite terrible slash terrifying. And then we have option C, which is that the re- some type of crazy ri- ritual in pre-Rome Sardinia in which they had to sacrifice people and the only way to make it feel like you weren't straight up fucking murdering someone with a rock was to have a face of full of joyous laughter upon your face as you beat the shit out of your elders with a rock. Some dark stuff. Ah! <laughs> I mean, honestly, I am unable to eliminate one of those in my head. Like, all three of those seem plausible. Um, Yeah. um... I... I have a guess. I have a guess. I'm ready. I'm ready to put it on the line, Aaron. Man up. (laughs) I'm not ready. I am not ready. Uh... Before you tell us the right answer, I would like us each to explain why we guessed what we guessed for this. Yeah, I like that too. I'd also like to say that I think I've eliminated one of them in my head, but I'm real, I'm real stuck between the other two. I'm like 50-50 straight up. I could flip a fucking coin. <laughs> All right. Um, Are we doing explanations first or the answer first? No, no, no. We well, have let's to answer. both give an answer, and then we'll explain okay. our answer. Ready? Ooh, this is this is down to the wire. All right, I'm ready. Three, two, one, go. C. A. All right, Rob. A is my second choice. No. Okay. Okay. So here I go. I'm gonna. Or Rob, do you want to go first? I can go first. Okay, go. I I I know that through Latin we read some of Homer's works. So it seems plausible to me that you could have made that up. Mm-hmm. Also, a ritual where you're beating the shit out of your elders seems like something that you could make up. It seems weird to me that you would come up with such a perfect plant name. 
that has this very specific thing that would make this happen. That seems so specific and so scientific to me. It seems like that would be so ridiculously hard to make up. And if you did, then bravo, I accept this L. (laughs) (laughs) I accept this L. Uh, okay, mine is, I try to think back to the, the definition. And sardonic is one of my three, it's, it's part of a group of three words that I very much love. And that is sarcastic, facetious, and sardonic. And the way I like to think of it is that sarcastic is just plain sarcasm. Like when your friend says, I love you. And you go, do you really love me? You're being sarcastic. Um, facetious is playfully sarcastic. It's like you're being sarcastic, but it's very playful. It's not, you know, it's, it's to make everyone have fun. And sardonic is my favorite of the three because it's like this it's uh what's it's it's almost like sarcasm mixed with uh cynicism it's like you're you're being sarcastic but it's because it's the only way that you can like cope with the reality of the thing that you're talking about that's sardonic it's like i i can't i'm gonna be sarcastic because otherwise uh, this is just too sad and i feel like that fits a and c really well I like B, and I've heard stories like B, um, but it, it seems a little... It just doesn't fit with it like A and C do. And A is like one of those things where it's like... It's almost like a sad irony where you eat this plant and you smile yourself to death. <laughs> it's like the only way to talk about it is to be sardonic whilst you are dying. Well, at least I'm going with a smile on my face, and then you die. Um, and then C is also the same kind of thing. It's like it embodies the word, which is like doing something or talking about something or pretending something and then pretending to be happy about it. But it's really like this super brutal thing. So I said C, um, but I would not be surprised if it were A. So Aaron, what was your answer? C. And Rob, you were A? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, you guys ready for the answer? Yeah. So, this was a bit of a trick question. <laughs> the answer was Does... kind of all of them, but especially oh. A and C. <gasps> it's a tie! <laughs> <laughs> now that means I lose! <laughs> Which one? Okay. Uh, give us... Give us... Oh, yeah, you're going to have to explain a little bit there. there. There's yeah. a lot in here, uh, and a lot of it comes down to origin is uh, multifaceted and not explicitly clear. Always. Yeah, okay. Um, but there is a buttercup from common to Sardinia and Europe in general uh, containing uh. strychnine, which, when eating, if you eat it, will cause lockjaw and ostensibly death. <laughs> and then there is uh, allegedly the uh, ancient people of Sardi. It was customary, quoting from Wikipedia here, um, so secondary sources, whatever. Um, yeah. Among the very ancient people of Sardinia, who were called the Sardi or Sardoni, it was customary to kill old people. While killing their old people, the Sardi laughed loudly. 
This is the origin of notorious sardonic laughter, according to Eugene, Eugene, Eugene Furl, 1930. In light of our findings, things began to look different. Laughter accompanies the passage from death to life. It creates life and accompanies birth. Consequently, laughter accompanying killing transforms death into a new birth, nullifies murder as such, and is an act of piety that transforms death into new life. Mm, okay. And it was first, the root form of it was first widely used in Homer's Odyssey as the ancient Greek, in the ancient Greek, Sardanios, ah. which meant to be sneered. Very similar to sarcastic, which also means stripping off the flesh. Uh, sardonic. Uh, yeah. There, I also found some alleged uh, they would feed the old people the hemlock dropworts, which yeah. is not the same plant. Uh, but has uh, nightshade in it or something like that? Or what's that called? I'm not sure. But it's a neurotoxic plant. And they would also use yeah. that for ritualistically killing the elderly. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, let me. Man, attitudes towards old people have changed a lot, huh? <laughs> Pretty harsh stuff. <laughs> I mean, when you're uh, when you're a pre-industrial civilization, you know it's extra mouths to feed that aren't really doing all that much work. It's you a know? tough question. So interesting. <laughs> yeah, dude, that uh, that was awesome. I had a lot of fun Woo! with that. That, yeah, was that was fantastic. Good. I mean, it was it was. Hey, Rob. Okay, I wish I had not lost. If 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 you want, Rob, and this is just if you want, um, I'm willing to share it with you. <laughs> no, that doesn't satisfy anyone. I feel like that's that's a good segue for another uh, thought I had is that there'd be a really great episode, and I think you guys talked about this previously, where uh, debating the value of sports. And uh-huh. uh, I think Aaron, you're in the camp of sports are pointless. Uh, pretty and much. Rob is... I'm in that camp too. Oh, okay. I thought you're a big sports fanatic. I'm a huge sports fanatic. I'm not going to say they have purpose. Oh, I think they have tremendous purpose. <laughs> See, <laughs> it, there is a strong argument for that. It's like the the val- It's like the same thing as the value in a historical movie that has historical inaccuracies. Mm, maybe another false equivalency, but. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, just, that, that one yeah, was on purpose. We're already an hour and a half in. We're not going to get yeah, into it. Okay, okay. Hey. we won't get into it. But I do. I want to ask one thing. Brent specifically mentioned swimming, and I wanted to ask him what his swimming woes were. Uh, drowning mostly. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you're cool climbing up a rock without? any type of support but getting in the water you're afraid he, of drowning no he didn't say that he is a free soloist uh not on anything that i have any expectation of chance of on. death yeah yeah <laughs> you gotta you gotta be like seven sigma confident to really free solo <laughs> sigma, seven sigma. you know the organization is called six sigma yeah. seven sigma is just way up there yeah. i would seven, say yeah. that even even with like good safety equipment, the average rock climb is probably going to be more dangerous than the average swim. Oh, yeah. I mean, my I'm not out in the middle of the ocean. If I was, I would drown. Um, 
I'm just not yeah. that good of a swimmer. I think most people would. I also think most people don't find themselves in the middle of the ocean without a boat very often either. My, I think mm-hmm. breathing rhythm is in sincerely one of the harder things for me with swimming. Um, okay. Knowing how to turn my head and capture effective breaths, how to breathe underwater. Um, flip turns, I think, are next level stuff. And... Uh, yeah, and then just making sure that I am staying afloat and engaging uh, my core muscles properly. Kicking, I feel like I'm just like flailing my legs around rather than actually generating any kind of force. Yeah. And the dolphin kick, I think, is a thing of magic. So, I think that what you're saying is that you're bad at swimming, and I think a lot of people are going to identify with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. so... But the thing is, there is actually a good way to um, address each of those things. Um, so the the one problem that I have right now is I cannot think of the woman who does my favorite videos on swimming technique, which is unfortunate because her videos are amazing, and I just can't find them. Um, Maybe let's so, touch back on this at a further point. I we will, could talk swimming, fencing, and yeah, baseball. Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, For the sake of editing, let's go ahead and say that this conversation is for another day. I want to say one thing, though. You always want to say one more thing (laughs) after. Like, this is every week you want to say one more thing. And I would love to end with Rob's Puzzler, if we can do that. I know you guys have already got What's Rob's Puzzler? The one I told you about earlier. Brett had the idea. Oh, I I haven't answered yet. Okay. My only thing was, when your face is in the water, you better be fucking breathing out. So that's otherwise you're gasping when the, you hit the air. Correct. <laughs> so if you want one quick tip, make sure that your breathing is nice and even on the way out cool. in the water. Okay. We hope you enjoyed this very special episode of Still Got Nothing, where we actually got to play a, I think, unique game. Or did you steal that from someone? Uh, I mean, Peter Sagal. Uh, thank you for your influence and uh, <laughs> influence. Yeah. I yeah. agree. Influence, sure, yeah. But I feel like this okay. is a brand new one. Um. Also, shout out to Tom Scott, the the YouTube guy. Yeah, he does like a lot of linguistics games and stuff that I think are really fun. So, yeah, if, mm-hmm. I just yeah. I mean, I've, I I know he does a lot of linguistics videos. I didn't know he did games. Yeah, he's got some games. A lot of his, like, Origin of Words videos are fucking fascinating. Uh, anyway, <laughs> another topic for another day. Uh, come visit on the Facebook if you have anything to say or play the... I hope you played the game. It's probably too late to tell you to play along, but I hope you played along with us. I hope you uh, did better than Aaron because he sucks. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> if, if you want to be on the podcast, do let us know. Um in the theme of blatantly uh, borrowing from from those greater than us, uh, and in the theme of today's episode of being kind of a game, we are going to leave you with a riddle that we will talk about the answer to next week, or perhaps you'll probably just look it up if you don't get it. <laughs> uh, imagine... You are in an infinitely long room. And along this infinitely long room, there's an infinitely long row of lights. These lights are all the kind of light where there's like one switch 
for every single light. And each switch only controls that one light. All of the lights are starting off. The first person goes all the way down and flicks every single switch, going the whole way down the room. Then the second person does every other light. Then the third person does starting, every third light. Starting with the second, and then starting with yeah. the third. Starting with the third. Then the fourth person does every fourth light. His first light is the fourth one, then the eighth, twelfth, sixteenth, so on. Fifth person, so on, so forth, all the way to the infinitieth person. Mm-hmm. After all of them have done this, which lights are on and which lights are off? Brent, do you have anything else? Still got nothing. <laughs>